0: The following contains adult language, content and description of actions that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. And the featured artist this week is Gramps Morgan. The son of legendary artist Delroy Morgan and a member of the Grammy Award winning reggae band Morgan Heritage, he has three solo albums. His feature with Indie Irie Therapy peaked at number 22 on the US R&B Hip Hop Singles chart. And the adult contemporary chart. His latest album, Positive Vibration, is nominated for best reggae album at the upcoming Grammy Awards. In the last year, he surpassed 13 million YouTube streams, and his top songs are "People Like You"
1: and "Woman I Like You." Yamana yeah, smug and representing for world music views right here with Bridget J R Watkins. See, I yeah, saw so reggae dance and culture. I yeah, so it. Be, see, keep it positive. Welcome, boss.
0: Day yeah, Anna God, got great. Yeah, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome to World Music
1: Visa. Respect, man. Thank you for having me, man. It's a joy.
0: But this is the first time we're talking like this. I don't know if you remember me. I used to manage a bridge. You I used to write for your name, Iceman. Um, oh,
1: hey.
0: yeah, man. Um, we, we met years ago when I used to manage Iceman. And I, I remember you giving me some advice one time. About breaking ice, my. You said, "Virgin, you have to network." <laughs> yeah, I and I, I, and I took that advice and run with it. But we're gonna start from the, the beginning, right? Yeah. Of of Grams
1: Morgan, like, how did you get into the music industry? Well, naturally, um, my dear job is Morgan Heritage. Everybody know that, <laughs> you know, that is the focus. Um, and prior to that, the first influence was watching my father growing up as a youth, you know, rehearsal in, a, in, a, in a, the, the backyard with his band called the Black Eagles. And watching him transition from the Black Eagles to a solo artist and was able to achieve a big, you know, way that's known as pop success today. Um, you know, he had a song that sold over 8 million records um, back in 1981 called I'll Do Anything For You. So watching him prepare to go on tour with bands like Curtis Blue and Frankie Beverly and Mears, And so didn't realize how massive that was at the time. You know, because you're just a kid and, you know, you're looking at your, when you idle them musically and I say, why daddy I play, daddy I see. And that was the first musical influence until we started to take music serious. And then we started to get, you know, participate in this the, the high school choirs and magical and and jazz rock and you know you start study what you hear on the radio now you start listening to um even in junior high school I was listening to bands like Van Halen, um Steel Pulse, Banjo, Jovi, Guns and Roses, Poison, um, Darkin those are the bands that we grew up so it was like Edgy, you know, edgy bands. That that it was just like a cool and you know, an early wheelers. That was the way we used to listen to, and I'll never forget in 1988, my, my father bought two reggae albums, which was very prominent on all of us. Which was a Frankie Paul album with Sarah of Parade," big the tune and let's go. then tune and and Admiral Bailey, big Bailey band. The, 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 it, it was them tune that was because you know so we grew up in America. So it would, the, 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 the culture in our household was like like would well, they have Jamaica same way? You know, people still to this day can't believe say America about him them. I say, yo, I'm foreign about. And make it worse when we moved to Jamaica, it was like, yo, the man the chap, buddy, man, it's like I'll move a Thomas. <laughs> so it's like the path will get worse, you know. But those were the influences. In a nutshell, if I can put it all in the space of three minutes, you know. I remember seeing a
0: documentary when I was I was probably about ten. Yeah, um, a documentary where your father took everybody on tour, and and he, he basically documented tour life. And it would have been the first time seeing that because we never saw. On TV, the Marley experience, we never saw that on tour business. So your tour was the first reggae tour we saw on TV. Um, yeah. What was that like? And and why don't you do more of that? Because that had an impact on me
1: to, to wow. get into the business too. Wow. Well, that tour, I, I believe that you saw, it was a documentary that the Netherlands um, National TV did on us. I think we was in Europe, if that's the same one. And it was a Morgan Heritage Tour, and we had taken our younger brothers um, LMS with us, which is Laza, Miriam, and who I was working with Fatis Burrell at the time, and Donovan Jeremy, and, and and our dad at the time was our manager. So he was just like, all right, you know, the younger brothers are going to be the opening arc, and me, I come, and no matter, I come too. <laughs> you know, him just saying, I care everybody. So... We was you know, Morgan um, was the was the main outcome on the on that tour, and you know it was a, it was a any time we tour is a family in, environment because we are a family. That that's what we see. That it's not like yo this a man, this a your position. It's a family atmosphere that that has been the the, the said the model of how we tour. Like we wanted to feel like you're still at home at the farm in a St. Thomas, you know? Plan the estate, on the hilltop, on nickel hill. It, we still wanted it to feel like that. And I think that's what my father, his vision was and wanted to have, wanted us to feel comfortable. Not like, oh, we're going to a job and, you know, and all of a sudden you have to get adjusted to this job. It was just like, yeah, man, we are rehearsed, man. and I know some people are come join me. And it, it made out the world of a difference to this day.
0: Yeah, it did. Um, and then you and your brothers and sister, and you, you, you mentioned Laza, you all individually have sh- shun, you, you've, yeah. you've, you've stood out in different ways, you now having mm-hmm. your solo career, did, did, was that deliberate? Um, like you guys decided to start as
1: a group and then branch out? Yeah, well, still as a group, like me, I always tell people, that's my day job, right? You just, you, we're experimenting and really giving the fans, um, especially the first time. Now, remember, a lot of people don't even know that this is my third solo album, you know, Big Up Iceman that um, really jumped in when I, I needed another ear because the plan was we sat down as a family and said, what's next? Right? We have all the challenges, we're in Europe. I'll never forget we was in Europe and we were the co-headlining with Bujo Banton in Paris. And my father, after we got off stage, said, yo, one day we have worked on some solar album. And at the time, we say, yo, fire burn, daddy. We're not doing a solar, no solar. But what he wanted to see, he wanted the world to see what he saw that night. You know, To say, yo, there's so many different dimensions in this group, there's so many different angles which we was a seeing that one vision, tunnel vision, you all rock on straight. And years after we said, okay, what's the next challenge? And he said, it's next challenge for every man to stand up on them own two feet. If we can all stand on our own two feet, when we come back together, we will be stronger. Hence, so when we got back together, we won our first Grammy. And that's when I drew for a songwriter named Iceman, because at the time um, my songwriting skills were weak. And even that's how this album came about is me having the time, the January of my first um, I wanted another year to help me write a song. So Iceman helped me write songs like um one in a million. Um uh I, I mean almost Iceman must have write about six, seven songs with me on that album. Because me and him just found a chemistry. We'd sit down at the car and me I play the rhythm and I'm giving my ideas and he was like, yo, all right. And then he would send them back some of the lyrics back to me. Why? Yeah, bring back memories. He would send back some of the lyrics back to me on Blackberry and BBM Messenger. I and, remember. Would, and send me the voice notes and the melodies. Oh man. God bless that brother. And uh, we made some good music. And some, those are still some of my greatest hits till this day. Side track.
0: your brother Lazar Morgan, he had one of the biggest songs ever. With Movado. Was it with Movado?
1: Yes, what, Movado.
0: What's that song? Was it One by One? Uh, na, 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 na. Like, that was one of the biggest songs in terms of melody. That song yeah. matched and checked off every box.
1: Where is yeah. he now? Where is he now? He, he's still making music, man. Spend a lot of time. Like One of the things that we, as a family, we got a chance to do within the past uh, seven, eight years is spend some time with these babies that we made, right? when you can't just like, make baby and say, like, yeah, go through and you gone from the road and left this woman. And, and it's even worse. It's even harder for a female artist, cause when she has baby, you know, she has carried the baby, or she still have had to do the work, it's harder on females when a father can just leave her belly behind and gone back to work. But it's more than just providing and and, and giving money f- f- to these children and make sure they live someplace. But it's also that love, that care, that time that we can never get back. And that's what, you know, a, a lot of us is enjoying. Even within this COVID time, I'm able to take my son to go and have an ice cream cone without, you know, worry about, Okay, may I worry about the booking agency? I will call, I'm gonna miss an interview. And you know, just now I just before our interview, I took my son to his basketball game. You know, in two two to five years from now, with COVID, you know, starting to come down and everybody getting used to this this disease here and this pandemic, I probably won't have the time. And I believe that music business is gonna change, brother. I believe that things will never go back to normal. I hear people say, yo, can okay, we things go back to normal. Well, newsflash, Gramps Morgan is telling you, it will never go back to normal. This is the new norm, and we will go from here into the future. And that's where the future is going to come into play. So, you know, Laza is still making music. Um, Morgan Heritage, we just about to release a new single um, with Joshi, um, Ayak Tien, and Ritikal. You know, just helping to guide this young generation and see if we can still make music and make it fun and still represent the culture.
0: That was actually my next question. Like, what's your opinion on youth culture now and how they're making the music? Because you're from a school where you rehearse for, for weeks and months on end and then you, you make a presentation. A lot of these young youths, they don't rehearse. Them don't put no effort in in making the music like your generation did and the generation before you. Okay, You're not that old. Your father yeah. generation who who used to respond grave side. Bob Marley yeah. said, he "Used to respond grave." Um, what's yeah. your what's your take on them, and what advice do
1: you have for for this generation of artists? I want to tell them to study the great talent without a doubt. They have talent because I see that. You see how you like. Ritical, you see how you like Joshi, where he, he quick off of his top i um head. um, Ayatine, um Queen freaka like I, I, I think there's more artists than we need in our sense because so much of them are not being paid attention. You know, there's so many artists that fall through the crack and that's why in this next level of, of our careers, I'm looking to really develop artists. Which Margin Heritage have done even when we were just getting a break. You know, we were developing artists like Warrior King, um Jackure, um, all of these artists we had touched base with when Cape Town used to come and record for Margan Heritage on the family and friends series of albums. We used to open up our our pockets and book mixing lab studio in a uh, what '99. And every year after East West, we would just say, Artists, come in, we have Vice. And just give artists a chance to Vice. Hence, we discovered Jack Hure. We discovered um, Warrior King, you know. And it was fun. And got a chance to record people like Barry and the Marlies, Bujobantan, Bounty Killer, Tequila, um, Sugar Miner. So what I believe is missing today is that enough mentorship is not in Jamaica, within the music industry. It's not enough right, to the amount of the volume of artists that is coming out so fast, the mentorship is not enough. So you find that an artist, him get a song by the radio, and he hear it mash up the dance, and he think he's ready to tour. He's ready for the world, right? And it, 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 it hurts because, hence you see an artist like Gullibap can come from the grave, right? This guy was basically written off, Them say, this artist is done, and him rename himself, Gully come back, mush up Sting, mush up the earwaves and got the world's attention. And then he went back because nobody, everybody else, like, okay, that was, that was fun. Now back to our regular schedule. <laughs> and, and then it's back to the not paying attention to the, the, the artist that needs the support. Cause we, you in, a, in a, the reggae dance fraternity, I, I believe we tried for Brooke, 50 artists one time. Instead of focusing on five, strong artists, give them to support, um, do proper rotation on radio, and the artists. I and mean, then that is when you listen to radio in Jamaica, it's a lot of DJs that's supposed to be playing in the nightclubs and in the dance. These guys are now on radio. And the, the format of radio has changed. Instead of, here's a brand new one from Iceman, and this one is called OCD, Obsessive Coffee Disorder. Right here, and it's about 6.45, and it's 79 degrees right here in Kingston, Jamaica. And here's a brand new one from Iceman. You don't hear that on-radio no more. It's Yeah, <laughs> So you find that... <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you find that... Cool. <laughs> I should advise. You find that the listener that's listening to the radio, him love a tune, but he don't know who the artist is. He don't know what record label it's on. He don't know if the record is out, where to get it, and if it's, even, if it's even available, right? These are the things that we need to fix within our industry. And once we start to fix those things, I think we're going to be fine. Jamaica's a beautiful country, but I think the people, we have issues. There's too much hate. There's too much violence. Um, and I, begin once, I, I think once we begin to focus on those things, we're going to be just fine because the world looks at us, the world wants to be us. We're an amazing country with amazing culture and amazing food. So those are the things that things that are missing that can help to lead the young youths them in today. And hence the, the new single with Morgan Heritage um, called Headline for front page with Josh I, I, I
0: soon get to your new music. That, as, as, that's what we're leading up to, but I, I, want, the, I want your perspective on, on some mm. cultural issues. You mentioned radio. Yeah. Do you think radio is still relevant today to the development of the music?
1: Huh. To some point, yes, it's still relevant because people are still listening to radio. It's not as relevant as it used to be because people are consuming their music from different... People are consuming music for free. The music today is now like a flyer. What's important now today is brands right? And you find say YouTube, Spotify and all these digital platforms, even Apple, Apple Music soon will be no more. iTunes will probably soon be shut down. <laughs> Take my word feed. Um, because people are realizing that they, it is better off to build a brand by giving the music to people for free. That, that's where the music business is going. Where people get a monthly subscription and you get access to 30, 40 million songs. And what I think is relevant now is technology, is the way people consume music. Because there's one thing, a man will leave him a wallet time host house before he leaves his cell phone, right? And either or. And sometimes he'll leave his cell phone. So we are always on these devices. So I think where music business needs to be on the Jamaican music industry is how to get the music on these devices to give to the consumers to have access to it. So that is something that I, I see that um, needs to be implemented upon. Next question. Do you think,
0: or how do you suggest artists monetize their culture, their brand? A lot of artists get a break. A lot of artists get the big platforms, but mm-hmm. they, try to, they try to run away from the, the, the thing, the Jamaican thing, the cultural thing. Um, because everybody want bus pop, everybody want bust, everybody want be, you know, big artists. Do you yeah. think, how do you suggest artists from Jamaica, artists from the culture, turn this cultural capital into financial capital?
1: And you're talking about the genre of reggae and dancehall or reggae or dancehall? Caribbean music, the whole thing. Even Car- reggae tanto, which is part of the whole thing. Well. I think there's a fine line in how to do it because one of the things is that we've noticed that with the resurgence the of reggae and dancehall into the international markets, it has been done. You talk about songs like uh, Murder, She Row, Ding Ding, Ding Ding. The authenticity of our music is loved. However, I think we can, we can. Attain that by still getting to those markets, preserving the integrity of our music, and clean up the production that it can appeal, mix wise, technology wise, to those international audiences. Because till, still to till this day, the people in those international markets still love the songs of 20, 30 years ago. Those are the songs. You're going to an African American dance hall. Club hip hop party, they're playing the old songs. They're playing big up big up and shots and ting a ling a school bella ring, and cabra, um girl flakes, time to and girl, you make my day. Walk like a champion. Those are the songs that they're still playing, right? So is we know as an industry to say what is it about that that we can still capture and make it relevant today while still keeping the authenticity of Jamaican culture and the music. And that's what we need to get back to as to trying to uh, create something new, right? It's to basically refresh, does that make sense? Refresh the past. It's like what I did on um, my new solo album, Positive Vibration. Everybody thinks it's this new sound. Well, yeah, it's new because they're calling me a genius because I put it together, but it, it's really not. All I did was tap into a little bit of Mentor, skia music, every listen to Run that's skia, that's a skia song, right? And somebody will listen to it in a Jamaica, Jamaican band with no reggae music on the history of Jamaican music and say, why is that? man said to me, I said, yo, I love that no country and western song the way you do. I'm like, I didn't do a country and western song. The influence of the country, the, the instruments that are used in country music are on the Jamaican heavy bass line where you hear, But it's ska yeah, mento, rock, ste- rock steady, which is not being produced in Jamaica on any kind of volume. The only one that I've heard that really took ska album, other than two centimeters, the Godfather, Godfather Ska, is Richie Stevens, in which it was a great appeal to in the Italian market he did with the Italian man Italy. And it was so refreshing. That is Jamaican music. So I just think our creativity um, needs to go to another level. And if you listen to Spice album, that's a dancer album but it is so clean, the production, that I think it can appeal to an international audience. And I think Shaggy got it right, and Spice got it right with that album. If you listen to the, right, you listen to that, and it's like, that can appeal to a hip hop audience or an international market because of the quality, the production of how it's done. And I, I just think once, if we take if the producers in our industry, let take our time and be creative we're going to be all right
0: artists worry about whether they should stay independent or sign to a label do you think mm. label is the way to go now or independent is the way seeing that streaming
1: has taken over i say if a label comes to you with the right deal and is and you're able and if they're not doing it, if if you have an artist like PopCon for instance he's touring the world got over a million followers like he's doing this himself right no signed he signed to OVU basically but he was he was over a million followers before he signed with Drake as an artist but this guy's touring the world he's wearing gold chains he's doing streaming numbers so if a big record label comes and say like an Atlanta come and say you gotta be able to Changes numbers on streaming, and if it makes sense, yeah, absolutely, go for it. But other than that, it doesn't make sense. If you have your social media, uh, email address, and um, an investor, you you really don't you really don't need a, a a a record company because if you if you have a good team, I say build it yourself, and they will come, just like the movie Field of Dreams. And
0: it's my last business question. A couple of artists, and I'll Shaggy about this, I'll Sean Palto. A couple of mm-hmm. artists in recent times. The last one was Bruce Springsteen, sold his catalog, 500 million. James mm-hmm. Brown, 90 million. Prince mm-hmm. um, sold his as well. Um, I think the primary wave bought it. Um, a lot of people yeah. selling their catalog. <laughs> Would you ever sell your publishing rights and catalog?
1: Absolutely. For the right price. For <laughs> the right price. Um, of course, you know, when I, I think of the longevity and I think about the history of artists that were offered money, you know, 20, 30 years ago, um, you know, there's a price, right? I'm, I'm not gonna sell it for five, six million dollars, no way, because that that's not enough money over a period of time, right? So if me, I think myself and I say, yo, I buy car and two bullshit, right? then that's good money. But if I think 25, 30, 50 years from now, it has to be the right price, right? And we don't know where music is going today. So like you said, Bruce Springsteen, what, a half a billion dollars, right? Um, uh, Who you said got 90 million the other day, uh, James Brown. James Brown, he should should have got
0: more. Like when I saw that, I was like.
1: Yeah, that should have been at least a $200 million deal. At least, right? because they'll make back their money. James Brown has hits on top of hits. And I think Morgan Heritage, as we talk about hits, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of hits in there. You know, Don't By The River, Reggae Bring Back Love, Don't Forget To Be Rasta, She's Still Loving Me. Like, and then you're not talking about taking a song that nobody don't know and then making that a hit. That was a great record, but a lot of people never heard. Right? So you have to think and make the right business decision, but it, I would definitely sell sell the catalog.
0: So you're up for a Grammy award again. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, are you well, excited about that? First time as a solo artist, so it's, it's a little different this time. <laughs> and, and I'm
0: hearing that you're you're one of the top contenders. Um, really? I, I I hear that you you. You you're familiar you're in familiar territory with reggae music because you're Morgan heritage. I, I, but this year you have competition. You have Sean Paul who is who is up there. You have Spice who is up there. Are you excited yeah. about about the Grammys? It's going to happen in April. They announced it today that it's happening in April April third in Las Vegas. Are you going to yeah. be there in your felt hat and suit? And 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 um, are you excited about it? And To add to that, do you think the Grammy Awards is relevant to reggae music?
1: Absolutely. First of all, I am excited about it and congratulations to all the nominees. I think it is a true reflection. I think the board did an excellent job. I was shocked that I got nominated because I believe I I did something that was out the box and was very unique. And it was a tip of the hat to my ancestors of the, the, the genre of Jamaican reggae dancehall music when you listen to Runaway Bay, which is a ska song. So it was me just kind of saying, hey, let me show how great Jamaican music is, right? Instead of doing a, a nice roots and culture album or a dancehall album, I went back 40, 50 years, right? And then everybody said, it's a new sound. It's really ska music. Listen to Water and My Whiskey and all those songs. So. I think it was a great reflection, Desiree, Sorja. <clears throat> they did a good job with the nominations, right? Me was the only shock that I, I appreciated. I I I cried for three hours. Uh, <laughs> the, the excitement of it coming back, people were saying about how oh, you know how do I feel about it being canceled. They did the right thing, right? To take a stop and we don't want people getting sick. But um I was disappointed when it got canceled and it was like a first day of school. To, you know, in the first year, I go to school for the first day and here's the school canceled, and it's like, yo, I man. buy
0: a suit already. You buy a new uniform yeah. already. <laughs> it's a hotel room
1: book already because it's, it's a lot, you know? But um, it, it's a great feeling. It's the first time I'm nominated as a solo artist. And I, 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 I'm i just elated to, to, to know that the Recording Academy still recognizes reggae music. Now, let's be frank here. Billboard doesn't salute or recognize reggae music, even though there is a reggae chart in the Billboard charts. So let's get down to the nitty gritty, Jamaicans. And we wanna call and say, oh, the Grammys this and that. They still recognize our genre, Jamaicans, lovers of reggae. MTV Awards does not have a category for anything Caribbean music, reggae dancer, calypso, suoka, juke, any kind of music that comes out of the Caribbean, they don't recognize it. So when you see the Grammys, we have to salute them and clap them to say, thank you for recognizing our genre. Do you know how many blues categories and bluegrass music is not recognized by the Academy? But still, yet over the past, but 35, 40 years, they still recognize reggae music. What is our biggest complaint? We wanna see it from the big, we wanna see it from the big show. Sure. People, first of all, do you know what it costs for airtime and TV time? So they're trying to squeeze 50, 60 awards into a small amount of time because it costs money, right? And then you talk about the amount of albums that are submitted. We are lucky that they don't cut off with genre because there's not enough albums being submitted into the category. I think this year was what, 75 albums that were artist albums, a total was 125. And most of them are rhythm driven albums, which is great for the culture and great for the dance style. But as a body of work, do you want to sit down and listen on your car ride from McGrill to St. Thomas? Listening to one reading? I want to listen to a body of work. So we have to think like a consumer. And those producers, all the producers in our industry, we need to do that. Let's say, yo, I'm going to do an album with Iceman, I'm going to do an album with Romy and Virgo. I'll do an album. No, it's like, yo, man, I read him and I yo, may I be body screwed that goes towards culture. But when you talk about the industry, these are the things that needs to change and the conversations we need to have. I call them sober conversations. and so I'm on by about, yow, and my yow, my, thing, yow, my dog. It's like, these are the things that needs to change. But I'm thankful to the Academy for recognizing reggae music after all these years. And even though there's not a lot of albums that are submitted as a body of work other than rhythms, they still recognize us. So we, when you talk about the realness of it, we have to salute grammy's and I say, oh, big up Ramians, because there's a lot of, they don't, they don't have a Calypso category. They don't, do they? They don't have a, a Soka category, do they? Okay, but still yet, yeah, um, um William Marshall Montano is doing incredible numbers. Do you know how much to book a, Mar- a Marshall Montana show? In Trinidad and Tobago, you're talking about $150,000. You know, much for a Marshall Montana show in New York City. If you have $75,000, you can't book him because he commands that kind of crowd. But still, yet, there's no nomination for Clips or Soka. You you mentioned some about the
0: billboard, which I've always said Billboard is an anti hero of reggae artists because. You could be the biggest artist at Jamaica. When that Billboard chart come out each week, the, the numbers are not impressive. Um, and, and they only show the top 10. Um Mana sell 20 Records, etc. And they publish this as what the genre is doing. What do you think what do you think will help reggae and dancehall music to sell and stream more? Uh,
1: awareness. risk. I think <clears throat> the people that, because of the change of format from CD and cassette, has hurt Oa industry. It has advanced all the other genres because people are more tech savvy, so they know to consume it on their computers, laptops, cell phones, iPads, iPods. Those people in those genres are more tech savvy. Jamaicans and Caribbean people, we refuse to move forward, right? We're, so the technology hurts Caribbean music because when you take a look at all the jerk festivals that happen across America and all the reggae festival happens across the world, the numbers are there. We can compete. We're bigger than jazz festivals. We're bigger than classical music festivals. We're bigger than soca festivals. We are. But the man with up on the street kind of with love off the new tune from Graham Smogak. He doesn't have access to go stream. He doesn't have a Spotify account. He doesn't have an Apple music account. He doesn't. So for us, it hurts us. So you find that most of the artists then are making money on live concerts. Even merchandising, I might even say, "Yo, mega buy, a new shaggy shirt." And nah, do it. And God, shaggy concert, and he's not doing it. Yo, mega buy, I know budget shirt. Mega buy, but there's a handful of 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 our fans. Thank you to those fans that come to the shows and see yo mega buy a CD. You know, so the people that we used to buy the forty-five, them coming by music used to sell back then. You know? man used to sell 500, 600,000 record in England. enough. You know? But that has changed now. And the, all, all of those people are either old I know, or know are disinterested or don't like the music that's coming out of Jamaica. Or you find that the new kids them today, they can't afford it or they don't have it. They're, they're not consuming the music the way it's supposed to be. People are just giving away music for free. You know? Yo, Bluetooth, that's when Yo, send that tune to my WhatsApp. is willing to, even with the music being available for free. I see so much radio people, yo, send me the tune. I'm like, it's available on iTunes for free. It's available on, not, not iTunes, but Apple Music. It's available on Tidal, Spotify, for free. No, they still want you to send them this song. Just go stream it now, because that one stream that I'm getting less than a half of a penny is going to benefit me. So if you play the tune five times for the week, thank you, Mr. DJ, or thank you, Mr. Radio Man, I'm Mr. Soul Man, but it adds up. And once we begin to to educate ourselves in this way, our numbers are gonna change. So you'll find that even the kids that are still doing numbers today, you know, the Sean Pauls are doing extremely, extremely well as an artist out of Jamaica. Where's that music being consumed? Even though Spotify is now in Jamaica, but the artists of today, even the young artists are doing good numbers. But all the Ula artists, them, you don't know, ain't nobody a streamer, uh, I said, I Admiral Daily Tune because well, that-
0: well, actually, actually this year, Spotify started March and this That's year true. is the first reggae music, old reggae music has seen an increase on Spotify. I did an article um, for World Music Views. I interviewed Spotify because I work with them, um, get information from them, information that they don't give nobody else. Um, Garnet Silk was a big streamer this year. Barry Salmon was a big streamer but chronics young youth was number one on spotify jamaica sean paul is number one on spotify worldwide for dancehall and bob marley is number one for spotify reggae so it's it's improving but i agree with you in terms of the album sales why don't artists do both because adele did both recently that's mm-hmm. why she's still on the chart. She's selling
1: physical. She pressed a million copies of 30. Thank you. You see? So th- th- that's my thing, where a lot of these executives today, they're not, they, everything for them is the numbers, the analytics, right? And we, the artists that, and I'm happy Adele is in the position where she can dictate policy to record labels and her manager because she's done the numbers, right? So she's gonna say, I want CDs to be available to my, to my fans. I tell so many executives and some of my friends, I said, people still want to consume CDs. Everyone, everyone don't have a, nine, a 2021 car that doesn't have a CD player. They have someone still have them 19, eight to, five, eight to seven old school car. There's still people that still have a 2005 car that still has a CD. But because they want to move the technology further, And get rid of manufacturing. People, you know, say vinyl are comeback. Vinyl is, is up, the biggest ever in history. So I think artists should still push. You don't necessarily have to do big volume, but people still want to consume CDs. I believe even my new solo album, Positive Vibration, we didn't print one CD. Not one. And they said, we want to go digital. And I said, All right, let me listen and humble myself and just listen to the team because teamwork work, made the dream work. So show me. But there's so much people in Jamaica that still want this album. There's so many people in, in the Caribbean that want this album. And I think we're probably going to print a couple hundred copies and say, Just, you know, maybe a, a couple thousand and get them out there because people still are writing on the car.
0: You should. I'm, I'm, and this won't be in the interview. I'm going to show you your demography. I'm going to send it to your demography where people mm-hmm. listening to your music the most and you're going to yeah. realize that some of these locations are remote areas and even though they're streaming uh, probably twice as much they're not streaming sounds still are string up them still are listening in a taxi them still are okay. listening to in a different areas and it's yeah. for you it's not for them to come find you you know marketing yeah. is about you finding your audience It's for you to hey have it available Maybe it won't be the conventional tower records where you put up a sign and say CD sold here, but Bob yeah. Marley records them still in every hotel in Jamaica. Yeah. Every hotel in Jamaica have a Bob Marley CD on the rack, selling. Yeah. Tourists buy it every day, so your CD could be right there. That's correct. You know what I mean? A partnership with I i not putting this interview. A partnership with Sandals, for example. Mm-hmm. Where, where you have all the copies of your CDs in every Sandals Hotel. Those, yeah. those are things that will push the needle for the Billboard chart because, you know, Techno 3 number one. You know, I 3,000 records a week reach number one on reggae billboarding. 3,000 <laughs> <laughs> records. <laughs> yeah. So, say so, you know, th- those are things I can help you with, but that's separate from the interview. Um, yes. The new album, you went this direction with it. I, I, Tommy Mottola said that if you want to make a, I hit new, just take it from a different genre and put it in a new genre. And, and all of a sudden, new. That's your strategy. Um, are you dropping more albums? And tell me more about this new album. What was the idea for it? Who executive produced it? Um, which label it's on
1: and, and where they can get it? Uh, it's available on all digital platforms. It was produced by Johnny Reed a friend that I met here in Nashville, Tennessee, an artist himself and an incredible songwriter. So when I met him, he said, you know, what are you doing in the COVID, mate? What's going on, man? I said, man, just here waiting for the announcement to see, you know, because it was business as usual to tour for Morgan Heritage. We had five months of tour lineup ready to hit the road and the pandemic hit. Every artist, every event gets shut down. So I said, let me work on some songs. He invited me to his studio. We started working on the album and working on songwriting and exchanging ideas. Getting with Johnny Reed was like a brother for my mother, literally. Two different walks of life, a man from Scotland, Scottish descent, amazing songwriter, performer, and a man from Jamaica, right? Living in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, spent a lot of time here in St. Thomas, Jamaica. And it was just like, okay, here's this chemistry, boom. And it was a, a sound that I've always heard, listening as a child. Every Sunday in a Caribbean, and predominantly I can speak of a Jamaican household, you find that when rice and peas are make and the coconut are greater, these things take time, it's time consuming. You didn't have no iPad and all these things. So you have four tunes on one side and five probably on the next and. I was the DJ because my mother in there put on the dinner, right? So by n- 9, 10 o'clock, music a bubble. So by the time she get to see our fourth or fifth song, hear what she said, somebody turn over the record for me. <laughs> so we was the DJ. And those songs were Charlie Pride, Toots and the Metals, Paragons, Kenny Rogers, I just got. I'll never forget that album, Stevie Wonder. Um, Endless Love featuring, um, that was Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. And so these were the records of so country musicals always blended in Caribbean culture. This was from the 50s, right? And growing up, I, mean, I always hear, like, I always hear the twin back to back. So now I hear, and hear the country song, and then I hear the country song. I mean, we must, them, sound the same. So, as my musical, my musical tastes have developed over the years, but realize that these two are so much like brother and sister, our brothers. And if you go to a dance today, you got to early Stone Love Juggling, you're gonna hear, you got to know when to go. Are you gonna hear Celine Dion? So I what my stories that I tell people, I was speaking to Forbes Magazine, and I told them that the palette of the Jamaican people musically is so broad. That's how Jamaica could bring a Celine Dion to Jamaica and basically put her in a stadium where so much people come from. They could put air supply on the bill. Lionel Richie and the audience was, let me tell you a story. When Kenny Rogers came to Jamaica, you know what he said to his booking agent? He said, who the hell knows my music in Jamaica? And it was huge. History was made. And when Kenny Rogers sing, sing on The Gambler, he couldn't believe Stony Kenny Rogers basically pull up in tune that day. Basically in basically wheeling tune because he would stop the song and say, how in the world do you know my music? The history is shortwave radio in the 50s used to travel. If you know anything about frequency, shortwave on radio frequencies travel longer. So it goes a further distance, yeah. even though it needs a shortwave. So FM frequencies is very minute. It's not, it can't go far. So... Before Jamaica got their own radio stations, we used to listen, look at transistor radio, and I listen music from Cuba and listen music from Florida and the New Orleans. That's the way we consume music. So it is a song that has always been there for me. So during this time, when I make the music, I'm like, I'm listening to these tracks, especially. I think "Runaway Bay" was one of the first songs that would generate. And I recorded with Johnny Reid, I said, "Yo, this is like country music, man." Then he was like. But to him, it was like, reggae. I and mean, I said, may I hear the reggae. But the flavor it, the flavor of it, and I think what made the album special was the blend of musicians. There was musicians, the album was recorded in Kingston, Jamaica, Toronto, Canada, and Nashville, Tennessee. And I pulled from musicians from, within reggae, from uh, Buju Banton Band, Morgan Heritage Band, Shaggy Band, and Stephen Marley. So it was a, you know, I drafted the top reggae musicians there, right? And we were able to build a product on, you know, one of my sweetest joys was recording on this incredible microphone that I always talk about in the interviews. And it's the equivalent of recording in a normal studio, which, you know, the great studios have great microphones, but it's not every studio have great microphones. The selection of mics are limited and they had some microphones that were like $10,000 up to $30,000, right? This guy had a half a million US dollars of microphones. And we that record in Jamaica it's just one microphone. As today, yo through my studio, our voice We don't go through proper. Let's parent. Is it. that every artist fit on one mic? Some artist mic of some artist voice fit a different microphone. These are the things that we need to dive into, which we don't normally dive into and take a look at. And that's production. So it's really. So it's really a magical album that really just formed out of innocency. Because, like me say, it was business as usual. i ready to go up on tour and everything crashed and I met Johnny Reed and I was able to work on my songwriting. And now you're nominated for a Grammy.
0: <laughs> on your way to winning, remember remember, I was the one who, who, who almost told you <laughs> um, and, and, and you're what are your favorite songs? One of my favorite songs that you've done is the 23rd Psalms with Booji Bantan. It's yeah. it's 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 a prayer chorus, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. I want you to just sing your part panda song for me exclusively for world music views. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <Ooh. laughs> oh, you say? It- my table has furnished in the presence of my foes. My head was no feet are My cup it overflows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listen to that song in the morning, in the evening. It, it's it's it has always been. One of my go-to songs for, for feeling the spirit of the music, oh, you know? So you really, really are a blessed youth <laughs> uh, to find yeah. them scriptures there, yes. and put them in song. You've managed to always keep a squeaky clean image. How you manage that in reggae music, Bridgen? I'll just keep it real and
1: uh, low tolerance to bull crap. Um, simplicity, you know? Um, I don't mix, um, you know, I've been through my fair share of relations, relationships, but I keep it peaceful and I learn, I be a man, I learn from my mistakes, right? And I can own up to that. Hence when you listen to a song like, she's still loving me, it's a makeup song. in a man looking within, within himself and say, I was wrong and I'm sorry. A lot of men don't take that approach and say, yo, man, I'm and I know you all try this, man. Yo, you, know, you all try control, man. And that's ego. And if we stay away from ego, pride, and selfishness, life will be different. And I think that is what disrupts a lot of people's, their lives, their personal lives, and their careers, is that they allow ego, pride, and selfishness to rule them, right? We, you have to be able to, to let humility be a breastplate, and I tell people that Christ is one of the biggest examples. If we follow His example, li- life can become easier. I mean, it's not rocket science. So once you follow that example, you, you know, you know, I go certain places. go strip club. I've ended up in a strip club by mistake. Man, tell me, said we're going to get something to eat, and I ended up in a strip club in Washington <laughs> DC, <laughs> and I'm like, brethren, this is not a restaurant. He said, but they have great food. And he started laughing. I said, come on, man, let's get out of here. So, you know, those things are fun. And we and, and just avoid foolishness, you know, just stay far from me.
0: And my last question, you have to think about this. Give me a top five reggae artists, top five dancehall
1: artists of all time. Of all time. Start with dancehall, shabarangs. Lieutenant Stitchy.
0: Wait, are we going number one to five? You going on to one? Um
1: no specific order. All right, uh, all right. Specific order. Uh so Shaba Stitchy. Shaba Stitchy Kaputan. Three Buju.
0: four Beanie Man. Five. Yeah. You left out. For- Enough money Enough no. <laughs> <Siddler. laughs> uh, Top right. five reggae uh, artists now. <clears throat> why you put Bugie in a why you put Bougie in a dancehall though? Because he's a bad dance
1: hall artist. Yeah. Yeah, some I mean, have you listened to this guy? <laughs> <laughs> he's just multifaceted that he can do also reggae, right? Okay, so let's get to reggae now. Bob Marley. Uh, Peter Tosh. Steel Pulse. Bear's Haman. Margaret Erickie. (laughs)
0: it's good it's good you're your favorite artist and i think you end up in a lot of people's top five as well
1: (laughs) Uh, when i reflect and look back on some of this work and these past two years we've had some time to reflect magna just put some serious work in this music yeah 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 yeah
0: and and congratulations boss you deserve all the accolades and praise and if you win the grammy as junior gang said Music is not a competition and anybody win them deserve to win because yes. it's the culture going to be represented. So,
1: big up yourself on that. Yes. Thank you so much. you man, gram Graham Smog and representing our way the World Music Muse. See, now so you can find the latest of the music scene with my brethren, Jr. Watkins. Keep it locked.
0: That's it for World Music Views this week. For more music news, log on to worldmusicviews.com and follow World Music Views on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm JR.
1: See you next week. wrap your arms around me.
0: If you want to hear the songs mentioned or heard on this episode, go to YouTube or on your favorite streaming platform and search World Music Views playlist to hear more.